This week on the Mic Drop, Josh Fagan of Ellipsis Digital joins us to talk about the wild west of NFTs, and in particular, the Hail Mary NFT starring Roger Staubach and Drew Pearson that will be auctioned off this weekend, perhaps for as much as 100 large. Then we're joined by Alicia Gray, not only of our WNBA Dallas Wings, but she is now an Olympic champion. She made history as part of the first ever 3x3 U.S. women's team that took gold in Tokyo. And finally, Julie Dobbs of the Mom Game podcast joins us to talk stars, cowboys on hard knocks, and what she's downloading. So let's drop the needle and let's go. Welcome to the Mic Drop, everyone. Kevin Sullivan here. This week, joined by Dallas Sports Commission board member and co-founder and CEO of Power Hands, that would be Danielle Cernsey Jones, in for Monica Paul, the executive director of the Sports Commission, who is on a very well-deserved and hard-earned vacation this week. Of course, also joining us is our next-level intern, Marcus Carr. Thanks for listening and subscribing. It's episode 27 which makes me think of Zaza Pachulia, the only Maverick in history to wear that number. I did a little research. Not a lot of great Cowboys have won that number, but one did. Mike Gector, defensive back, who had 21 interceptions back in the 1960s for the Cowboys. Danielle, you're way too young to remember Mike Gector, but I do. You're, you're right. But what I do remember is a strong safety who just got a $72 million contract. That is from DFW, Mr. Jamal Adams. I wonder if Mike would have gotten that contract back in the 60s. No, Mike wouldn't have gotten that contract <laughs> if he played for 80 years instead of eight years for the Cowboys. But episode 27 goes to this number 27, Frank Catalanato. Rangers fans will remember him. He came to the Rangers in the Juan Gonzalez deal with the Tigers in 1999. And in 2001, he batted 330, fifth in the American League. He actually had two tours with the Rangers, was very popular. He's now the baseball coach at Hofstra for crying out loud. So we're thinking of Frank Catalanato today. Uh, and Danielle, welcome back. You were a fantastic episode on uh, guest on episode 17. Uh, we had a lot of fun that day. You, you, you introduced us to Power Hands. What's the latest at your company, which I know is exhibiting a, a impressive global growth? Thank you for that. Yeah, it's a lot going on. And for those of you that don't know, uh, Power Hands is a global athletic training and rehabilitation product tech platform. I am super excited. We just celebrated our seventh anniversary, and we are uh, we also announced our partnership with uh, Mr. Lamelo Ball, uh, Rookie of the Year for the NBA. Um, we are creating a special one ball collection with him, which we will launch uh, in Q4. And I'm super busy creating our live stream multi-sport and fitness technology app. So it's a lot going on. Uh, last year, of course, was full speed ahead. And this year, uh, we're starting to plan for 2022. Isn't that incredible, Sully? That, that, is, that <laughs> is incredible. Now, I know you're, 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 you've got loyalty to LaMelo, but you're still going to root for the Mavericks. Of course uh, I will. Season. I'm, I'm I, confident. Of, of I will that. have two screens up. Good. And speaking of the Mavericks, a, a little mini mic drop moment here to Ferran Hunt, the SMU and DeSoto High School product, Go Eagles. He was the bright spot of the Mavericks Summer League team, played strong D, which uh, of course is important. 
and was fourth in the summer league in, in uh, field goal percentage, over 60% from the floor. Uh, so, so well done. I think we, if, if, if never count a guy out, but if, if Ferran doesn't make the opening day roster, I think we could expect to see him on the G league team up in Frisco playing for the, uh, for the legends. Sully, important to note that uh, Hunt was the reason that the Mavs did did not go winless in in summer league. So shout out to Hunt, shout out to uh, to Pony Express this year. Now a team that that won the whole thing was the Sacramento Kings, and they had Davion Mitchell of Baylor, uh, who ended up being the co MVP along with uh, Cam Thomas uh, of the Nets. So a little shout out there. And of course, in, in honor of Monica, we have to find a way to work in UT. And Matt Coleman, the third uh, guard on that on that Kings roster, was also a big contributor. So, so for for Monica Hookham, the Matt Coleman, the, the third, uh, we'll, we will we will uh, uh, be back in a moment with with all kinds of good stuff. But one more news announcement this week, Danielle. Interesting. The Rangers announcing the creation, or actually the launch of Rev Entertainment, which they created a little bit ago, a full service event company. They're going to bring events non-Rangers events to both Arlington and potentially nationwide. What did you make of this, this uh, announcement? Listen, I cannot wait to have a further discussion about it, but I think it's huge. I mean, it's a smart business model. At this point, you need to make sure that we're creating arenas and venues that connect the community and we're gaining mind share beyond just sports. And that's exactly what they're gonna be able to do. So you're engaging the community, you're getting another revenue source, and you're connecting for weddings, for bridal showers, for, why am I thinking of everything fluffy, but uh, any birthday parties, and I'm sure, right, this is gonna be something, especially in UC metropolitan cities and urban communities, they're popping up and, and being the local point for that community moving forward, so I'm excited. Excited for the yeah, Rangers and, and our city. Yeah, lot, lots going on there. Of course, we got the big Chris Stapleton show at Globe Life Field uh, this weekend. And and don't forget, uh, November 6th coming up, the uh, Lockheed Martin Commander's Classic between Air Force and Army, uh, which will be, uh, which is the sort of event I think they're looking to, to bring in, not to mention Elton John on the farewell tour in 2022. So way to go, Sean Decker, friend of the pod. Back in a moment with Josh Fagan to crack the code on NFTs. We're also talking to Olympic gold medalist Alicia Gray of the Dallas Wings. We're going to talk uh, to Julie Dobbs about hard knocks and other things. But first, over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. Powerhands is a global athletic training and rehabilitation product tech company that enhances human performance through the designs, innovative technology. If you are a coach, athlete, fitness enthusiast, Powerhands is for you. Who doesn't want to improve their overall performance and recovery? Even better, Powerhands is Dallas-based and a portion of every product purchased. Helps provide athletic and academic programs to youth and underserved communities. Go to powerhands.com and improve your athletic performance today. Thanks, Rachel. Now we're pleased to welcome Josh Fagan to the mic drop, the president of Ellipsis Digital. This is the Dallas-based company that is producing the Hail Mary NFT. That's, of course, non-fungible token with Roger Saubach and Drew Pearson. That's going to be auctioned off this weekend. 80 to 100 grand is what's anticipated as the winning bid, according to our friends at uh, Heritage Auctions. Former cowboy Doug Donnelly also involved in, in Ellipsis. Josh's background is in oil and gas and in, in, in finance, but today he joins us on the mic drop to help us understand NFTs. Hi, good morning, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Good morning, Josh. Josh. 
Well, how are you? I get the first question and because I'm so fascinated about NFTs, congratulations, of course, on uh, just uh, uh, breaking through in this emerging category. There's so many unknowns about this digital world, so we don't want to act like we know everything. Please educate us about the world of NFTs, which I think you call the metal world. Yeah, the, the metaverse, sure. So it, <laughs> it's cer certainly the, the Wild West. You know, there are um, just companies popping up every day, innovating um, new technologies, new concepts, and are really... Um, this is evolving. I think this is still in its infancy, but we're really excited to to stake our claim. And uh, the Hail Mary is a, a great place to start. Awesome. Well, we we all understand the significance of catching a Hail Mary, which is the, the the second miracle. But tell us, like, how do you take a moment from 1975 and digitize it and make it valuable? Right. Well, that's a, a great question, and that's really. Um, you know, you can do that in many different ways. And when you think of NFTs, it's uh, it's actually a, a work of art. Um, so we commissioned an artist, um, goes by the name of Glitch from Austin, Texas. And he actually took still pictures and animated them and actually turned them into a video. So it's really cool if you think about it, um, these players retired before the word internet was even a word, you know? So they have these wonderful new technologies and they're really excited to, to participate in. That's awesome. And I don't know if you you heard my intro, but we brought on uh, LaMelo Ball onto Power Hands uh, as a general partner and a board member. And I don't know if you saw his launch uh, of his NFT, but obviously it was uh, pretty cool that he was the first athlete that had a dynamic uh, NFT in sports and one of the most lucrative uh, because he had perks for fans. So tell us, like, what is that formula? for yes. launching NFTs, a good, outstanding, world-class NFT, I should say. Sure. Well, I think, first of all, it, it comes down to the uniqueness of it, comes down to the art who created it, and, uh, you know, who you're, you're working with. You know, you and I could get together and make a, an NFT of Barack Obama if we wanted, but that wouldn't be his official NFT. Um, so working directly with the athlete, I think, uh, is the, the first step. Second is, is definitely the artwork. Um, but then, like you mentioned, tying unique fan experiences and fan engagements uh, to that NFT. And that's something that we've done uh, with the Hail Mary NFT. The winning bidder not only receives the NFT, they get a 55-inch uh, digital art display monitor that's autographed by both Roger Staubach and Drew Pearson. Uh, but probably more exciting, um, Roger and Drew have agreed to run the play one last time. Oh, wow. So they're going to actually run the play live and the winning bidder uh, gets to then run Drew Pearson's route and attempt to catch the pass from Roger Staubach himself. So that to me is really what drives, um, you know, the value of these things, not only the scarcity of them, but uh, there's only one of these particular NFTs, but then the tangible aspect tied to it, uh, we think makes this very unique and a great opportunity for a, a Dallas Cowboys fan. Now that is incredible 1975 fast forwarded to 2021 i can't wait to see that josh yeah and roger's almost 80 years old keep in mind but he's, he's, he's been practicing and the, the original pass was 50 yards but wow. i think he's up to about 45 yards now he said incredible. so hopefully we'll hit 50. that is amazing we had drew on the podcast last week josh and he's very excited about this when we talked about 80 to 100,000, he voted for the over uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, well, 
I have no idea. That's up for the, to the market to decide, but uh, we're, we're optimistic, sure. The, 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 you know, the Manning brothers did sort of a vintage NFT. This is vintage. Where is all this going? Do you think other past great moments in history will follow suit on this? I, I really think so. And it's not limited just to sports. You know, when you think of iconic moments, you can really go down uh, several different roads. But yeah, certainly I think the vintage athlete market is one that's still very, very new, um, but it, it's growing rapidly. And, the you know, the feedback that we've gotten working with different athletes is that, you know, they're just blown away with the technology and are very excited to kind of relive these moments and uh, forever immortalize them in the blockchain. So that's uh, uh, something that we've been focusing on. We're currently working with several uh, Hall of Fame NFL athletes and have also recently um, are under contract with a professional sports team and, and look to uh, kind of grow our portfolio of not only athletes, but teams as well. Will the, will the name image likeness explosion in college athletics, you know, touch the NFT marketplace? Absolutely. That's, um, you know, probably the next big thing. If I had to, to place my money somewhere, um, it's something that, you know, it, it's, it's not a, a big capital expense to, to create. It's, it comes down to the, to the marketing, the uniqueness of it, and, uh, you know, really the vision of the athlete. So I think we'll start to see uh, all sorts of things come out. What's it? I know you're not going to give away the, the future playbook, but is there a dream NFT that you would like to personally make happen? Um, yeah, we have uh, some, some great ideas. And, you know, exactly like you said, I'm not going to give away the playbook, but uh, use your imagination. I think, think of things really um, anything can be turned into an NFT. So it's, uh, it's wide open. Well, so Josh, you said that you're thinking about getting into teams. <clears throat> what does that look like compared to working with just like a, just a player? Well, if you think about teams, um, you know, teams have these legacy assets that they own. Think of, um, each play, each iconic moment as an individual asset. So, how are those assets generating revenue for the team and for the players now? Well, they're, they're really not. Um, and this is a way to, to monetize this and engage your fan base, uh, create additional revenue streams. And I think uh, a lot of teams are, are going to catch on to that. So there's some, uh, you know, licensing issues and things like that, that, that are rapidly being worked out across all the major sports leagues. But uh, yeah, I think you'll start to see uh, a whole lot more over the next year. Awesome. Josh, I will, I will just say, I guess I need to thank Monica for being in Mexico right now because I did not know that you existed here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I'm very interested in integrating NFTs into our power hands model, specifically with our LaMelo Ball relationship. Tell me how being here in the DFW area, the sports enterprise of the world, how that gives you a competitive advantage. Well, um, you know, I was born and raised in the, the Metroplex. I actually just moved to Florida about a month ago, but uh, oh. I'm a diehard Dallas sports fan of, of all sports. And, you know, Dallas, like you said, it is kind of uh, an epicenter uh, for sports. And, you know, one of my uh, really good friends and, and partner, Ellipsis, Doug Donnelly, he played with the Cowboys in the, in the 80s. And, you know, we've kind of leveraged his relationships uh, in the area. And that's really what led us to the, to the initial Hail Mary 
um, collection that we're doing. So uh, I don't think you could really ask for a better location than, than the Dallas Fort Worth area. And and where are you in Florida? I have to ask. I'm a Florida girl. I'm originally. Are from you really? Okay. I'm originally from in... Jacksonville, but I went to school, grad school in Miami, and undergrad in Orlando. <laughs> Okay, well, I uh, live in Merritt Island, so you're probably familiar with that Orlando. It's just uh, due east of Orlando. Uh, it's the first barrier island before you get to Cocoa Beach. Well, very nice. Very nice. Well, don't forget about us here. Let's blow up the NFT world here in the DFW area as well, but I think I will be giving you a call. Yeah, give me a call. I'll take you fishing. Sounds good. All right, thanks, Josh Fagan of Ellipsis Digital for joining us. Back next with Olympic champion Alicia Gray of the WNBA Dallas Wings. Fired up about that. First, over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. Dallas is known for its big wins when it comes to sporting events. Whether it be Final Fours, Winter Classics, Pro Drafts, or even international soccer matches, Dallas sets the standard. And now it's time for our biggest win yet. We want the 2026 World Cup. The Dallas Sports Commission is working hard to bring the World Cup back to our great city, and we need your help. Head over to DallasWorldCup2026.com to sign the pledge to bring it back. Be sure to follow us on all social media at World Cup Dallas to stay up to date on all things 2026 World Cup. Thanks, Rachel. Now, what an honor to be joined by Alicia Gray of the WNBA Dallas Wings. You know, we could say that Alicia was the first fourth overall pick of the 2017 WNBA draft. We could say out of South Carolina. We could say she was WNBA Rookie of the Year. We could say a lot of great things about Alicia, but now we can say Alicia Gray, Olympic champion as a member of the gold medal winning women's three-on-three basketball team. Congratulations, Alicia, and welcome to the mic drop. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So first, what was the experience like in Tokyo? You had COVID protocols to deal with. It was a first-time sport, uh, half-court, four women on the team, obviously three at a time. Uh, But overall, what was the experience like for you competing for Team USA in Tokyo? I mean, it was great. It was fun. I mean, being the first to be able to compete with the 3X3 Olympic team, I mean, it was pretty cool. Uh, We were able to make history as well, not only as being the first women to be on the 3x3 Olympic team, but also to win a gold medal. How did you come to be a member of the of the 3x3 team? Uh, I was just asked, uh, I was asked if I would like to play on a 3x3 team and I had a chance of going to the Olympics. So I said yes at any chance of going to the Olympics. Was it a tryout camp or, or a combine kind of set up or, or was it just an invitation? Uh, no, I was just asked to be on the Olympic qualifying team at first. And then mm-hmm. after the Olympic qualifying team, I, they were going to reassess and pick the Olympic team. But since we were able to win the Olympic qualifying tournament, they just kept the same team to allow us to go to Tokyo. Now, you did lose one game to Japan uh, in, in, in qualifying preliminaries, right? But then continuing with the, with the dominance the U.S. women have shown, you, you sort of roared through the field from there. What was the competition like? I mean, every game was intense. Uh, everybody was good. I mean, everybody had, like, different styles of play. No team was the same uh, based on, like, matchups. So you just had to go into every game, like, just thinking different and, and being focused. You, you've won a lot in your career. High school, you know, uh, national championship with South Carolina. What does this win mean for you? 
I mean, this is probably the best win of my career. I mean, I think how do you accomplish something higher than a gold medal? I mean, not everybody wins a medal, let alone a gold medal. So, I mean, this is just, this is at the top of my career. Alicia, it's Danielle. Man, you make me so proud. Congratulations. Seriously, <laughs> you. You, you really do. Thank and you. the fact I read something that you, you talked about, of course, dreaming big and don't let anyone kill your dreams. Right. And thank you for turning your dreams into a reality. I mean, first, you dream to play in the WNBA and now you come to Dallas and August 15th, Dallas declares it's Alicia Gray Day. Tell me, <laughs> how does that feel? That's huge. I um, mean, yeah, I didn't know they had uh, made it Alicia Gray Day until I was in the game. And then when I was in the huddle, they said, I was like, oh, wow. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. Not only like Dallas is a big city. So to have my own day in Dallas, I mean, that's pretty cool. That that's legacy. I want you to know that that is way cool. <laughs> um, and, and obviously, you know, every article you read, it talks about the wings being a young team, right? And they're and still the team is relatively new in the market. So tell people some things that they don't know about the wings. We need more people in the stands. We need lots of support. So tell us what they need to know in order for us to support the wings more. Uh, just know that, I mean, we're a hard fighting team. Uh, we come out and play hard every single day. As of right now, our record don't define who we are. I mean, you have ups and downs within the season, but overall, I mean, we're a fun team to watch. I love that. I love that. And and obviously, we're going to say you are going to solidify playoff position, right? Yeah. There's there's no question about <laughs> that. So tell me, what, what do you feel like the team needs to focus on to win it all? Uh, I mean, we just take uh, each game step by step. I mean, we focus on it now, not not look over any opponent that we're playing. But the most important thing is we just need to win, basically. Just win all the games we have left. Just win. I love it. So nice to meet you, Alicia. And congratulations on everything. Thank you. Alicia, there's a, there's a story circulating about your um, skills off the court, specifically in uh, – in 2K and, and, and the Xbox world. Uh, what did you think about the 2K ratings that came out yesterday? Oh, well, I haven't looked at any. Uh, I just know last year, I think I was at 81. I think I, I think my rating should be a little higher than the 81 this year. I mean, I think the gold medal should boost up my rating a little bit. But mm -hmm. overall, I mean, I haven't really paid attention to anything yet. What would you put your rating at this year if, if, you, if you're choosing? Uh... I'll give myself at least an 84. <laughs> at least. There was, I don't know if you saw the news also earlier this week, Alicia, that the uh, NCAA is going to use the, the term March Madness for the women's tournament uh, as well going forward. Other than to say it's about time, uh, what's your reaction to that? Uh, it's about time. I mean, you as the NCAA, I mean, they have like the Title IX in place, so everything should be equal. And I mean, just to see like how they were treated earlier within the tournament for them to have to actually like say something in order to get the proper treatment is just a shame. But I'm just glad that they were able to change it. Now the women will get a, a, the proper treatment they deserve. You know, I think one of the best kept secrets in Dallas sports is Coach Vicki Johnson. We had her on the podcast uh, several weeks ago, 
And we were all inspired. Like, I just wanted to go out and do something good for somebody after listening to her talk. What, what does she like to play for? Uh, just an extraordinary person. Talk a little bit about what it's like to play for Coach Vicki Johnson. Uh, it's intense. I mean, she expects you to play hard every night. I mean, she just gives you the game plan. You just got to go there and execute it. So the biggest thing is just she expects you to play hard no matter what the score is in the game. I mean, she just expects us to play hard every night and even in practice go hard. Well, we wish you all the best for, for finishing the season, uh, you know, on a strong note. As of today, you'd be a playoff team. I'm with Danielle. We know you're going to get it over the finish line. Uh, but the team is going to keep keep growing. Uh, there's uh, we, we want to call people's attention. Get out to UTA and watch the uh, Friday night, August 20th. Watch the Fever take on – watch the Wings take on the Indiana Fever. And there's five home games in September. So there's enough time for more than just football season, everybody. Five home games in <laughs> September, beginning with the Atlanta Dream uh, on September 2nd. So, so uh, Mike Drop Nation, uh, get out there and support the Wings. We really enjoyed having Coach Johnson on. We, it's a privilege to have Alicia on. And congratulations and way to represent uh, our country in Tokyo. Thank you. All right. We'll be back in a moment with Julie Dobbs. But first, a word from one of our sponsors. Looking to get out of the house in a safe way? Try having a relaxing weekend at the spa or a fun family staycation for spring break. The Omni Dallas Hotel is right in the heart of downtown, within walking distance to some of the area's best restaurants and unique shopping. The Uptown Terrace Infinity Pool is a family-friendly retreat during the day and a great place to watch a romantic sunset over the Dallas skyline at night. Go to omnihotels.com Dallas for the best offers and plan your post-quarantine staycation today. Because why? Big wins happen here. Thanks, Rachel. And now we are really excited to be joined here on the mic drop by the great Julie Dobbs, co-host of the Mom Game Pod, along with the wonderful Emily Jones. I've never met Julie in person, but I feel like I know her between the Mom Game Pod, which is, of course, part of the vocal media family. So we're kind of like brother and sister or cousins or something here in the vocal media family, but also for her, her her time at the ticket where she was one of the most popular uh, presences, whether she was uh, uh, anchoring or doing tickers. Uh, and when she recently announced her, her departure from a full-time role with the ticket, the, the outpouring of, of, of uh, the outcry of we need Julie back uh, was, was impressive. So great run at the ticket, longtime stars ringside reporter Rangers years ago before that. Mom, cancer survivor, Julie does it all and really knows her stuff when it comes to, when it comes to sports. Has that Mizzou journalism degree, so she's got that going for it, too. <laughs> Welcome to the mic drop, Julie Dobbs. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks for that very nice introduction. Well, I know you were on the, the, uh, the Mike Reiner is your dark companion podcast recently, so I had to take, I took some notes from Ryan's, but you really are, uh, kind to join us today. I know you're, you are an incredibly busy person, but let's start with the, with, with the stars. Uh -huh. uh, really uh, pretty good off season. What do you make of the moves? Jim Nill is a friend of the podcast. Uh, what do you think of the moves the stars made uh, to, uh, to get better in the off season? Um, I thought they did kind of exactly what they needed to do. When you have some holes that you need to fill 
um, on your roster. Obviously, there's a few different ways you can go about it. And I like the way that Jim Neal was aggressive in free agency um, in filling some of those holes and kind of making sure all their boxes were checked for what they needed to compete at the level that they want to compete next year. And they even made a few surprise moves um, like bringing in Braden Holtby, the goaltender, you know, I don't think a lot of people saw that coming, but one of the things that I was telling, you know, fans, whether it was Twitter or just people that I was talking to that were confused by some of these things, it's like general manager knows what he's doing. Like there's a lot of things that you don't know that are going on, maybe even behind the scenes with the team, that kind of thing. And with the goaltending and injuries. So, um, I like that they, feel like they are better in goaltending and better defensively. Now, after this free agency, you're going to get guys like Tyler Sagan back from injury. Um, that's going to be huge for them. Um, so I feel like they learned a lot in the bubble last year was kind of a wash because of all of the injuries and because of the weird schedule playing three games in five nights. Um, even if you get injured, you couldn't recover from it properly because you're playing games all the time. And so I think they're going to kind of pick up where they left off this season before in the bubble, hopefully now that they're all healthy and Jim kind of cleaned up some of the areas that they needed um, to be cleaned up in the off season. So I'm number one optimistic stars fan always just because, but I feel like uh, they're in a good spot heading into the season. Hi, Julie, it's Danielle. So let's, let's talk about your optimism with the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, I'm a mom like you, uh, I have a four-year-old, almost five and an eight-year-old. So I had to binge watch, of course, on hard, hard knocks. Tell me uh -huh. you know, the fir first episode, of course, was, you know, about our stars. Second episode, definitely. I think about the underdogs. Tell me about some underdogs that you're rooting for an athlete and a coach. Oh, wow. Ooh. Um, for the Cowboys. Yes. Yeah. Um, Let's see for the underdogs. It's always interesting because there's guys that you think might be having a really good um, preseason or you've heard a lot about in the off season. And then all of a sudden they just kind of get cut and, and disappear. Um, one of the guys that I really kind of like, and I think he's definitely an underdog is, is quarterback Ben DiNucci. And I think I don't know why. I think I like him as a person. He's been on the ticket. Um, I like his kind of aggressive gunslinging style. I joke around. I tell my husband, I'm like, he reminds me of Tony Romo a little bit. Like he just <laughs> needs to figure some things out and maybe rein it in some, but I like when you're just going for it. Um, and so I kind of like him, honestly, though, like I'd be shocked if he ended up on the team this year, but I guess that's why we call him an underdog. That's right. Um, so I don't know, he might be the one that I'm rooting for. And it was cool that they spotlighted him some on Hard Knocks on that second episode. Um, and then underdog coach, man. I mean, who was it? Alan Dirty. I really liked him in the last episode. Is that mm -hmm. his first name, Alan? Um, Aiden. Yeah. Aiden. Yeah. He was, uh, you can learn, like you can, get a lot from being that person that is highlighted on hard knocks. And I feel like it was really good for him because he came across very likable. Obviously his accents very like endearing to all the players. Um, and I didn't know much about him prior to it, 
But I would still say that Mike McCarthy is an underdog. Mm-hmm. Like no one really knows. I don't know that he uh, instilled a lot of confidence in people last season. Um, it's weird to say somebody that's won a Super Bowl is an underdog. But here in Dallas, I mean, the jury's still out on him. Obviously, I'm rooting for him to succeed. That means the Cowboys succeed. And that means everybody in Dallas is happier and we're all having fun. Um, so hopefully he can really uh, get the ear of the guys on the team. And it seems like he is. It's a, so. it's a yeah. different approach. The whole Austin Powers thing is, you know, we talk about that a lot on the ticket. Like, did that work? Do the guys like that kind of thing when you're doing this cheesy like video clip and having mojo moments and NFL training camp? But I think just uh, being around professional sports for a long time, it's like you need that. You need something like that, whether it's cheesy or not. You need the buy-in from the team and something that everybody can kind of rally around. So more power to him for trying it. And uh, I'm pulling for him for him too. So it should be an interesting season, hopefully a better one this, this time around for the Cowboys. Yeah. Sully and I were talking about the camaraderie and just the, the culture, right? Even with Aiden, I loved, I I wrote this down that uh, uh, Jerry said that I look at him and he's from Arkansas and then I listen to him and he sounds like Winston Churchill. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like he's from Arkansas. That's Jerry's frame of reference because that's where he's from. It's like, I know. Anywhere, like it doesn't look like he's from Arkansas. Exactly. So, no. And how, and how great was Terrell Basham's impression of of Dirty? That was really that impressive. Was awesome. The the uh, the other, you know, the human interest story we got last night was the defensive lineman uh, Azor Kamara was on the practice squad mm-hmm. last year, and we have his. You know, he grew up in, in in Ivory Coast. He has his family watching him play in an NFL game for the first time. His mother's crying. I'm crying watching it. You know, that, that was really cool. And I'm, I'm pulling for him and, you know, all these, you know, Ben DiNucci and Micah Parsons playing chess, all of these moments that, that you get are wins for the fans. And we had Troy Aikman on the mic drop a few weeks ago and he said, I would have never wanted this. I don't yeah. think it's in the best interest of winning. Uh, and, and I think, you know, a lot of the veterans uh, feel that way. Uh, but it is a win for the fans when you get a glimpse into what these guys are like. I know some of it may be staged for the cameras. HBO does a phenomenal job uh, with, with this. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of the series. Uh, but those, those were a couple of my, my uh, favorite favorite moments from, from this week's uh, episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think that kind of thing is what is what fans love to see because you can learn a lot about the people, the players' personality and who they really are um more than you would from just watching games and that's the whole beauty of hard knocks so it's cool when it's actually your team that's being highlighted on hard knocks because we'll watch it anyways in my house like no matter what team it is because it's just you know they do a good job of finding those storylines that captivate you and it's cool to see all the behind the scenes stuff from training camp and the whole story uh storylines of people trying to make the team and then getting cut and then like you said you cry when they get cut and you don't even know them but when it's the actual like Cowboys that are on it, uh, it makes it that much better because this is the team that we follow and that we watch every Sunday and root for. Julie, you just you just touched on Mike McCarthy and, and the mojo thing. Here's a here's a pressing question. A lot of a lot of our guests are huge fans of Ted Lasso. Is Mike McCarthy too much like Ted Lasso? <laughs> um, I don't think so. He's not near as funny. <laughs> Um, no, Lasso, I don't know. Lasso with a Pittsburgh accent. 
Ted Lasso <laughs> of the Pittsburgh, but Ted Lasso like actually laughed out loud at his jokes all the time. I feel like Mike McCarthy's trying. Um, he's trying to make the jokes and then sometimes <laughs> the guys around him like kind of give him the courtesy laugh. But I don't know if he's got, if he's a real comedian like Ted Lasso, but we could only hope that he can bring people up around him like Ted Lasso and that they don't get, they get tired of it. I mean, it'd be interesting to know like how much stick Mike McCarthy really has, you know, like maybe we just saw a few of the things on this, this episode, but I get the impression he's like mostly a kind of serious dude, but that's funny. That's an interesting question. I think honestly, like I'd rather have Ted Lasso as my coach. <laughs> so Julie, talk, talk a little bit about what you'll miss most about the interaction that you had with your, your ticket, your fellow ticket talent crew and also the fans. I mean, there was, there was a Reddit thread when you announced your news that you were departing, that people were, the fans were screaming, uh, <laughs> you know, you had a big impact on people in a relatively short amount of time, but what, what will you miss most about that? And what are your plans going forward for the mom game and whatever else you have next? Yeah. Um, I will miss just definitely the people. It's funny, like everybody there just became really good friends and it, you end up talking to these people like more than you talk to your family, you know, like sometimes because you sit there for three hours or two hours on the, my first show every single day, you know, rush around, take the kids to school, go sit down, take a deep breath. And then I'm talking to Donnie every morning. So like he becomes a norm and Mike and, and they kind of become like part of your family. Um, and same with uh, Dan and Jake on the hang zone who were just like really awesome and inclusive for me and anyone that listens to the ticket knows it's not always that way and they can box you out if they want to and make it awkward and they never really did they kind of welcomed me with open arms on the show so I think the thing I'll miss the most is just seeing them every day and like they truly are some of the funniest people I know and they made me laugh really hard all the time um, but the good thing is I'll still be filling in. I'm actually going to be hosting, um, this Friday noon to three with Dan. So like I'm getting some hosting shifts and, um, popping on and I got to do some work with the musers doing tickers, but, you know, kind of chiming in on their show. And I hadn't done that before. So I think it's going to open up some other different opportunities too. Um, but yes, every single day is it's weird not being there every day. Um, and I'll definitely miss that. And then as far as the mom game, we are super excited about it. Um, you mentioned I'm doing the show with Emily Jones. It's a podcast that we do, um, weekly on vocal, just all about, um, parenting life. We do talk sports, you know, she has her obvious Rangers behind the scenes insight. That's cool to hear during the Rangers season. And then I talk a lot about the stars. We talk Cowboys, Mavs, everything, but um, we are both moms. And so we talk about that and how crazy and hard and fun and awesome and all of the emotions that it can be. And then trying to do your mom stuff while carrying on with these careers that we've worked so hard for. Um, it just creates a lot of conversation, talking points for both of us. And we are having so much fun with it. A lot of dads listen to it's not just for moms um but we are about to launch uh beginning of september 
basically like a whole brand, a lifestyle brand, mom game. Uh, we're going to have a website. We're going to hopefully have like a launch party and kind of get ourselves out there as far as um, emceeing, that kind of thing, and other ways that people can be a part of the mom game brand. So it's going to be a whole big thing that we're excited about. And I'm glad to have Emily on board. And um, obviously, as you all know, like being in Dallas and working in sports is kind of the possibilities are endless. So that's what we're that's what we're excited about. Julie, that's so awesome. And of course, coming from another mom, I salute you in what you're doing with the podcast, you and Emily, that's huge. I'll make sure that I not, not only tune in, but promote. So I can't wait to, to get Aww, the information. Thank you. Absolutely. It's such a healthy conversation. And, and I'm wondering how much of that, I think, you know, we've seen this evolution of women in sports, but moms need to be so educated about sports. So how much are you talking to the moms about like, don't just drop your kids off to practice. Don't on Sundays, I mean, get involved, understand the technique and the nomenclature yeah. about sports. Exactly. Um, yeah. Emily and I both like have had little stints coaching our son's teams, you know, she and her daughter's uh, softball team. And I coached my son's soccer team when no one else would, but yeah, that's a very important important point that you brought up. And, um, we do talk about that. We love that. We have, we have like a lot of big name athletes on, we've had Ian Kinsler, Adrian Beltre, Tyler Sagan, Mike Madonna, all of those guys outside of Tyler are dads, um, and have kids that are playing sports. And so we love getting the perspective of a professional athlete, um, whether it's a current professional athlete or retired, and what kind of advice they have for parents whose kids are getting going in youth sports. Um, and a lot of the things that they've told us is actually quite like surprising. You wouldn't expect it. So we do focus on that a lot and, you know, how to deal with those little things. Like when your, your son is just feeling really discouraged and maybe thinks he wants to quit, or maybe he wants, he likes two or three different sports or son or daughter likes two or three different sports. Do you really need to zone in on one? at age six, or do you let them try them all out and then kind of figure it out as you go? So we love talking to the professional athletes that we've had on about that exact type of thing. And yeah, it's very important for moms to be just as involved um, as dads with all of it. And I know for some of them, it could be intimidating, like if they don't play sports or watch sports, but all it's, it's a lot more about life lessons than um, the X's and O's, especially when your kids are young. So uh, so yeah, we do talk about that a lot and, uh, it's really cool to hear what all of these professional athletes have to say about it when they're talking about their own kids. It's like a whole nother story. <laughs> and as a dad, I'm a listener and those mom tips often are helpful to dads too. So, so, uh, so way exactly. to go on that. All right, Julie. So this is the portion of the program where we ask our guests, what are you downloading? What are you streaming? What are you watching? Could be a book, movie, podcast, besides the mom game and the mic drop, uh, TV, movie, whatever it is. What are you streaming? What are you downloading these days? Um, well, the days are pretty, pretty busy. We kind of touched on the, a couple of the things that I have actually been watching, which is hard knocks, you know, right. um, it's fun when I can watch something that is very enjoyable for me, but it's also something that I know I might need to talk about on the radio or whatever. And that's what hard knocks is. Um, so we've been watching that and we've loved that. And then also my husband and I just really loved Ted Lasso. <laughs> um, we got started on it. I had a really long flight. We, we, uh, went on a big trip. We went to Hawaii 
uh, this summer, which was amazing, but it was a really long flight. So we watched like almost the whole um, first season on that flight and we're starting, we're a little bit behind on the second season, but that one is just such a feel good show. And it's, you know, you, you watch that show and you feel better about, about life and, and people. And um, so that one's been really fun for us. Um, I mostly just listen to the mom game because I have to listen back for certain things, you know? So if I have that time, I listen, cause I'm always taking notes about what clips we want to do on social media, that kind of thing. Um, and then there's one other podcast. And honestly, this is one that we've, I'm trying to look at, um, the name of the host, but, um, it's something that I want to kind of a little bit base the mom game on. We have the athletes, um, we have the athletes come on the mom game, of course. And then we have about 50% of our guests are different guests. There's a podcast called tell me something new. And I really like it. Um, I'm blanking on the host name. It's Nicole something, but she's based out of California. Tell me something new. And, um, they really do a good job. She'll bring somebody on that teaches you about, you know, uh, crypto or teaches you about like how to balance, you know, your finances or how to budget or just something that maybe you don't know because it is interesting. Like you, you go to college or whatever, and then you kind of just stop learning about things. And so if I can find a podcast that actually is teaching me something, um, like this one, then, then I make the time for that. And we try to do some of that on the mom game too. So we had like a life coach on this past week. We've had parenting experts on, like we want to have fun on our podcast, but also feel like maybe people can take something away from it. That's going to help them in their day-to-day life. So that's why I like listening to that. Tell me something new. So that's kind of it, I guess, uh, between those couple of shows and that podcast, we did watch mayor of East town, which was good. Yeah, that was really good. I'm a really picky TV show person. So like if I'm not into it by like episode two, like I'm done. <laughs> and that one hooked me the whole time. Um, yeah, I can, but yeah, that's kind of it. I'm trying to fill my my free time with with those things, I guess. At least you're not one of those, you know, people like Mark Followell who reads actual books. So we'll we'll we appreciate <laughs> that you're working in time to uh to, to watch what you can. And we will add yeah. you to the list of, uh, of, of Ted Lasso evangelists. It took me a while, but uh, I finally uh, succumbed. And once I got into it, I, I've been ripping through them. And my wife and I are about to start season two and get, get caught up. So, all right, Danielle, what are you, what are you streaming uh, and downloading? You know, I have to agree with Julie, but my list is going to be short because I'm, I'm uh, it's, it's just crazy right now with the season, but I, I should be promoting this show. Um, All American on Netflix. Have you seen that? I mean, I it's amazing. They're on the second season. It's a sports drama um, inspired by the life of Spencer Pacinger, who was a linebacker from Crenshaw that paid, played for Beverly Hills, went to play for the Giants. It is pretty awesome and intense. Second season came on and I watched the entire thing in one night. It's amazing. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. Now, is that that means a- it's good. Is that a dramatic recreation or like or a docu series? It's a dramatic recreation. Okay, and it I mean, is dramatic. <laughs> well, any tip from Danielle is good with me. So, so I'm in. My 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 download this week is the new Netflix docu series called Untold. The first episode explored the horrifying malice at the palace, the big brawl between uh, the Pacers and the P- Pistons. 
uh, and fans. And what you're going to see, what was interesting about this to me, Jermaine O'Neal of the Pacers is uh, one of the executive producers. And they tell the story in Zapruder film-like fashion, breaking down never-before-seen footage uh, to show the role that the fans played in inciting that, that awful uh, uh, melee uh, back in November of 2004. So Rick Carlisle's in there. There's a few other Maverick uh, connections. Former Mavericks head coach Gar Hurd was an assistant on that on that Pistons team. Uh, but really interesting, uh, uh, just a, uh, an hour long or so. Uh, the first episode in a new docu-series about sports on Netflix called Untold. So that's it for this week. Cool. Julie, thanks so much for joining us. It was fun having you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great chatting with y'all. Nice to meet you, Julie. Nice to meet you. Keep up the good work on the podcast, you guys. Uh, thank you very much. We're having a blast. We can't believe it's been 27 episodes and the Federal Communications Commission hasn't thrown us <laughs> off the internet. So, so it, it's good. And, and we're grateful for, for Julie being here along with Olympic champion Alicia Gray. Love that from the Dallas Wings. Get out and see there's five home games in September. Check out our WNBA Dallas Wings. And Josh Fagan, don't forget that big NFT auction is this weekend. Big money expected for the Hail Mary NFT with Drew Pearson and Roger Staubach. On behalf of Danielle Serency Jones, great having you as a co-host this week uh, in for Monica Paul. Uh, thanks to Marcus Carr uh, and the rest of the Mic Drop crew, Chris Amelia, Olivia Petnicki, our showrunner, Tony Faye, until next time, thanks for listening, everybody.